Hey, Fletch, a podcast that will equip, coach, and lead those who lead and manage the church. Dr. David Fletcher, also known as Fletch, passion is to hone church leaders in executive roles. Fletch is a pastor for 35 years and loves the local church. He runs spastor.org and receives hundreds of thousands of visits each year and is also featured on Christianity Today's website, managingyourchurch.com. From around the globe, people tune in on Fletch's warm and sound advice. He's a friend and church doctor, bringing an objective perspective, broad knowledge, and vast experience. Listen in to this podcast as Fletch sets to answer questions submitted by you and asked by me, Tim Samuel. Hey, Fletch, do you have any policies or procedures which outline appropriate spending? Our senior pastor has a credit card, but we haven't ever put limits on spending. We're currently running with zero guidelines. This is dangerous for us all. I found a couple of good snippets in the employee handbook of Christ Community Church on Expaster regarding the appropriate expenses for rental cars, hotels, flights. We wanted to see if you had anything else. Well, I would back up the car, pardon the little pun there on rental cars, but I would back up the car a bit on the spending issue. The place to start is in the budgeting process. You want to budget for a ministry area, in this case for the senior pastor, that lays out expected or understood expenses for a variety of things. So you might include business meals, resource materials, honorariums for guest speakers, conferences, travel, staff development, whatever else you want to include. These are just samples. The budget becomes the policy for what is going to be spent for the coming year of what funds will be spent on, including total amounts. In this way, you can monitor expenses, whether, such as whether the SP or other staff member goes to one of the most expensive conferences or has several less expensive conferences. It also gets away from just tons of policy that you probably don't want to get into about how many restaurants or how many this or how many that. I would just monitor it by where we're going to allow the money to be spent. Seems kind of simplistic. Tim, what do you think? Yeah, it's a great way. Um, sometimes I think churches could have a policy that's really hard to monitor. So I always say, hey, if you're going to restrict it, um, have something to monitor. And so sometimes scaling it back and making it simple is a great way to go and you can have great conversations. Um, remember, we want to create win-win situations for employees. Let's not try to uh, nickel and dime when we don't have to, but let's also steward the money to the best of our purposes. Hey, Fletch, I'm wondering if you have any guidance around paying for employees' passports. It's not expressly written that employees have to go on mission trips through the church, but it's expected. We have an employee whose passport expired but is leading a trip in 2019. He raised a question asking if the church should pay for the $130 for his passport renewal. I'm torn because it's work-related, but with him only going once every few years, he may travel for personal use on the passport. Thoughts? I like the way that you start out by stating that it is expected that employees go on missions trips. So there's the first thing to consider. You are expecting an employee, they're not a volunteer, but they're a paid employee, to go on a mission trip. That comment gives a good sense of the church's desire. If it's an, ex 
there's a little tongue tie. If it is an expectation to go on a missions trip, then it would seem natural for the church to pay for the passport, the photo, and any other fees. This is further strengthened since the person is the leader of the trip. Now, a passport is valid for 10 years. If the staff member goes every three years, that would be at, at least three trips for the $130 passport or about $33.33 per trip, plus photo charges or whatever else. I would have the church pay it, and I've done this in the past when employees have asked for it. Now, that being said, if you think that the employee is going to do a significant amount of personal travel on the passport, and when I say significant, like go on a trip a year, then why don't you just offer to pay half or two-thirds of the passport fee? What you want is a win-win scenario. You want the employee in the church to feel that the church paid a fair portion of the passport fee. Otherwise, you have a pastor or other employee, and he thinks that the church is actually trying to nickel and dime him to death. And that, like, I'm doing this thing for missions, which I want to do anyhow, and I'm taking some time, and it's really hard on me. But then I have to pay for this thing over here. What else are they going to charge me for? Make it a win-win deal. I really like that um, uh, opportunity to make a win-win scenario with finances. This is, seems like a, a low-hanging fruit to make someone feel like a champion. That's right. Thanks for tuning in. You got a question for Fletch? Go to xpasser.org. On the top of the page, hit the button Contact Fletch. He'll be sure to give you a response. And hey, your question might end up on the next podcast. Hey, Fletch, do I need to pay unrelated business income tax on my parking lot? I heard a lot of noise about this last fall, but what was the final ruling? Oh, yeah, this, this one really hit the fan big time, was very hard, and finally a ruling came out. The law hasn't changed on nonprofits, including churches, paying unrelated business income tax. That's called UBIT or UBIT uh, on parking spaces. What has changed is that in mid-December 2018, the Treasury finally released rules on how to interpret the law. Frank and Elaine Somerville wrote a concise article that explains if you're required to pay the tax. They note this, and let me just quote a brief little part from a great but longer article. So Frank and Elaine say this, the basic premise of the IRS analysis is to determine if most of the parking spaces are utilized for employees or for the general public. Spaces at a church that are not used during the week may be considered as for the general public unless they're designated for employee use only. If the majority of spaces are utilized or available for the general public, then the church does not have to pay unrelated business income tax. So there are four steps the church needs to work through. Their article does a masterful job of working through those steps. For most churches that own their own parking lots and that don't reserve spots for their staff, there will not be any tax to pay. However, like Alcoholics Anonymous, you need to work the steps to stay clean so you got to work the steps. you got to find out if you really do qualify and whether or not you have to pay this tax or not. From around the globe, you tuned in on Fletch's warm and sound advice. He's a friend and church doctor, bringing an objective perspective, broad knowledge, and vast experience. Hey, don't forget, submit your question on xpastor.org. Your question will get a personal reply from Fletch. 
So email us a question by visiting escpastor.org.